One of the reasons we chose this church is because um, Ant and I are pretty much the same height. And that makes me feel better. I appreciate that. Just kidding. So when uh, I began to pre- uh, prepare for uh, Philippians chapter 4, 4 to 7, I love this passage. Uh, this is an incredibly familiar passage. I was trying to think of a, a, an illustration, a story to tell, and then Ann actually said something last Sunday, and I thought, that's, that's way better. So this is a, we're going to watch a little video clip of Monty Python. Anybody like Monty Python? Yes, so these, this, I'm just set it up real quick. This is an old video. It's like 30 years old. And there's four of them, and they're basically having a good moan about how their life is terrible. And then somebody's like, oh, you think your life's terrible? Let me tell you, you were lucky. My life's way worse than that. Do you guys know which one I'm talking about? Yes, yes, you know this. This is good. Anybody under 40 is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But it's fun. So we're going to watch this clip, and and the point is that they're trying to one-up each other in how horrible, terrible their life has been. Here we go. Let's watch the clip. My favorite line is, corridor? We used to dream of living in a corridor. I love that. So when we moved here almost 20 years ago, uh, we had this expectation. I had this expectation that it was, you know, they spoke English. It would be very similar. But I, I quickly learned that the British, and please forgive me if I offend you at all, they like to have a good moan. Right? Oh, the weather. Uh, and you'd be like, yeah, it's a sunny day. Well, it's sunny now, but wait till tomorrow. It'll be rainy tomorrow. And you're like, golly, these people moan about everything. But then I realized in America, we do the opposite. We're like all like, oh, this is awesome, guys. This is like the best. You're my best friend. We just met. You're my best friend. And British people were like, you are just weird. Bringing your Americanisms here. What are you doing? So there was this, you know, there was this idea of either you moaned about everything that was bad or you tried to ignore it. You tried to cover it over, right? But the reality is we don't want to do either of those things when we're living in light of following Jesus, right? The point is that trouble comes our way, and there's plenty of things that are hard and difficult in life, and it's easy for us to to not ignore them or to moan about them, but to worry, to think about them, and and to start to, to get in this position where we're constantly stressed or worried about things, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? And really, for me, a working definition of worry this morning would be this. It is our desire and our attempt to try to control and fix things that are actually beyond our control to fix. That's what worry is, realistically, right? It's like, I want to fix this, I want to control this, I want to shape this thing that I can't actually control or fix or shape. For instance, I'll give you a couple of my worries you know, my, my kids, I'm, I'm thankful they're not in here right now. They're upstairs, and they're uh, being loved and, and taught about Jesus. And one of my big worries is that they're going to grow up and follow Jesus the rest of their days. And I worry about that. I think about it all the time. But the reality is I can't control that, right? They're going to follow Jesus or not based on whether they follow Jesus or not. And I can try my very best. I can bring them to church 
and I can pray with them, and I can open up the word with them, but at the end of the day, they're going to choose. I can't control, I can't fix that. I have to trust the Lord for that, right? We have to trust the Lord with our kids, who loves them way more than we do, by the way, right? I can't control my health. You know, right now I'm up here, and I've got sciatica, if you guys know what that is, and I have a shooting pain running down my right leg right now. It's hard to stand, and I can't control that as much as I want to, and I'll do the medicine, and I'll put the heat pad on it, but at the end of the day, if somebody gets cancer, you know, you got to go, Lord, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to do what I can, but I'm going to love that person, but we can't ultimately control or fix it. There's things that come our way that we want to control and fix, and so because we can't, we worry, and we take it on, and we go, I'm going to think about this, and I'm going to stress about it, and I'm going to worry about it, and I'm going to try to figure out a way to manipulate it or make it into what I want it to be, right? And that's what worry is. And so the crazy thing is, here in this passage, the Apostle Paul, echoing what Jesus said, says these four words that I'm going to get us to all say. Ready? He says this, be anxious. Let's do that again. (laughs) Be anxious. Ready for this? For nothing. Let's say it all together. Be anxious for nothing. You guys have read that, right? It's right in the middle of the passage. Be anxious, worry about nothing, is what he tells us to do. And you read that, and your first reaction, if you're anything like me, is that is impossible. That's crazy. How do I do that? You guys feel me? Feel that? You understand what I'm saying? Because we, it's a natural thing, right? We all worry. We worry about our kids. We worry about our jobs. We worry about our health. We worry about our money. We worry that we're going to get to church on time. Whatever it is, we find things to worry about. And we think about them. And we stress about them. And we don't sleep because of them. Whatever it is. And Paul says, don't worry about. And he doesn't even say some things. He says, anything. Be anxious for nothing. Now, let me ask you the question. Wouldn't that actually be amazing? Wouldn't you love to be in a place where you actually don't worry about anything? Because you have to, you have to actually answer that question in your heart and mind. Because for some people, it's like, if I don't worry about something, then it feels to me like I don't care about it. Right? That's what we've done. We've, we've, we've taken worry and we've connected it with how much we care about something. And we believe, I think wrongly, that if I worry about it, it means that I care about it. And so when you hear me say or you read, you know, Philippians and it says don't worry about anything, it, it feels a little bit like it's saying don't care about anything. Matter of fact, we were walking through my talk last night with my kids and my daughter McKenna was like, wait, don't worry about anything. That means I don't have to care about tests? It's like, I don't have to study. I was like, no, 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 I'm not saying to not study, McKenna. You should care, but care is different than worry. Caring about somebody is different. I'll give you, I'll give you a picture in mind. You have a friend who maybe has a heart problem, and they need surgery on their heart, right? You care about this person. 
but I can't do the surgery, right? I can care about them, but the reality is I need to hand them over to somebody else who can actually do the surgery on their heart. The most caring thing I can do is, is give them to someone else to fix the problem because I can't fix it, right? In the same way, who does the best heart surgery we know? Jesus. The most caring thing I can do is hand over my worries and my stress to him to take care of somebody to do the heart surgery that I can't do, that I have no ability to fix myself. Does that make sense? So he says, be anxious for nothing. And you know, when you think about it, the reality is, that's exactly right, is that that's what we should be doing, is we should not be anxious. We should not be trying to control. And I'll give you three reasons. One is this. When we are worried or stressed, it actually harms us. And you're actually harming your head and your heart when you are worried and stressed. If you don't get enough sleep at night because you're up in the middle of the night worried or thinking about things, you can't operate the way that God has designed you to operate, can you? And actually, physically, what's going on is the body, your body, which is taking care of the toxins and the stuff that makes your body struggle while you sleep properly at night, is unable to do that. You're actually harming yourself physically when you are worrying and stressing and not being able to sleep. And then you're trying to operate in a world to give your best to your family, to your friends, and you can't do it. You can't do it because you're stressed and worried. And by the way, the, the world is stressed and worried a lot, aren't they? So one of the things, one of the reasons not to stress or worry is because it's actually physically and emotionally and mentally harming you. And by the way, if it's harming you, guess what? The, the implication is it's harming your family as well and your friends. Second reason, and I love this picture, is, is this, that when my kids are stressed about a test, GCSE is coming up, it's like, I gotta pass my test, I gotta pass my test, they're stressed. We know as adults, right, we're like, the, that is gonna pass, and one day you will not care a lick what you made on that test, right? We know that. We know that one day, even our university students over here are like, oh, are you sure about that? Yes, I'm sure about that. I promise you, one day, nobody, I pro you know, I went to uh, high school, then I went to university, and then I got a master's. How many people in my life do you think have ever asked me how my grades were in high school, at university, or getting my master's? Anybody ever asked me that? The answer is no one. Do you know why? Because nobody cares what grades I made getting my degrees. No one cares. No one will care. Are you listening, people? And the Lord knows that is true for all of us. All the things that we worry about, he's already, you ready? He's already been there. He's already seen it, and that's why he can look at us and say to us, don't worry. Every little thing, it's going to be all right. It's going to work out. You're going to be fine. He does not want us to waste hours and time of our life on worrying. and th Think about this for a second. How many times, can, can you just reflect in your own mind, how many hours 
and days and weeks you would love to get back, that you were worried about something that actually never happened. Isn't that true? I mean, you probably could add three, five, seven years to your life if you could just get back the time that you were worried about stuff that never even happened, that worked out just fine. Worry wastes time. It wastes your time. It wastes my time. It wastes all of our time. He has already been there. He's seen it. He knows what's coming. So he says to us, Paul says to us, Jesus says to us, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about where you're going to live, the basics of life. Don't worry about those things. I've already been there. I provided. Look at the birds, right? I provided for them. I'll provide for you. Instead, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he says, in all these things you're worried about, I'll take care of those. I will add those as well. Don't worry. Bobby McFerrin says it really good. Don't worry. Be happy. I love that. Right? Stop worrying. The third one is, um, yeah, waste time. is uh, Psalm 127. I love this picture. It says, um, the Lord builds the house, right? And those who labor in vain or toil in vain, if you're trying to build the house, if you're trying to do whatever it is you want to do, and the Lord doesn't build it, it's, it's a complete waste of time, right? Then he says this, and I love it. It gives us this picture of Psalm 127. While you're sleeping, I'm working. I am doing the things that you've been worried about. In other words, go to sleep. Rest your head. One of the most spiritual things we can do in the whole world is go take a nap. I plan on being very spiritual this afternoon. (laughs) But one of the best things you can do for anybody is get the right amount of sleep at night. And the way to do that is to not worry or stress. God's looking after us. He sees us and he's like, I don't want you to worry so we have, a, we have a theme in our family this year. It comes from our, our, my son plays football. So uh, MB, every time we're driving to the football match, I say to him, instead of worrying, I say, MB, what are you going to do today? And he says three things. So this has become the motto of our family. Three things. MB, what are you going to do? I'm going to give it my best. Praise the Lord, we should give it our best. That's scriptural. I'm going to have fun. Instead of worrying, I'm going to have fun. And then he says, and I'm going to take out the big boys. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you are. And these kids out there who are a head taller than them have no idea that they're about to get taken out by MB, who is the last man on defense. And that's his favorite thing to do. And that's our, th- that's our motto for our family is we were kind of working through, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about that? That's our motto for this year. Do your best and have fun. Don't worry. Be happy. And take out the big boys. Right? So how do we do that? It's easy to look at it and go, we have the, um, the passage, here we go. Rejo- it's, it's easy to say, do not be anxious about anything, but how do we not be anxious? Well, it's right here in the passage. So we're going to start at the beginning. Verse 4 says this, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. 
Let's just, let's just sit on that for a minute. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So I looked up the word rejoice. I just wanted to kind of get a feel for it. You know what rejoice means? Because we think celebrate. But here, if you break the word down, I love it. You take the re, and then the, right in the middle of the word is joy, right? Here's what I, I would say it means. It means to relive, redo, rethink about the things that bring joy. That's what it means to rejoice. It's like you go back and you think and remember and celebrate the things that have brought joy into your life, into your heart. You want to fight stress? You fight it with joy. You fight it with celebration. I, um, I love baseball. Probably no baseball fans in here. That's fine. But I love baseball because I am from America. And uh, by the way, the Major League, just for, just for fun, Major League Baseball are actually playing two games in London this year, in the summer. Come on. That's good. It's happening, people. There might be four of us there, but I don't care. <laughs> um, and so what I do is, when I wake up in the middle of the night, because i got to go to the loo, I'm probably the only person that does that at 3 a.m., have to go to the loo, but I check the baseball scores, and then I watch the highlights. Because I get to rejoice! I get to relive the joy when the team wins. If they lose, I watch no highlights. I move on. I go back to bed. But when they win, yes, I watch the highlights. Don't we do that? We want to see the highlights of the goals that our football team does or our rugby team does because we want to relive the joy. We rejoice. I looked it up in the message, this verse, and it says this. I love it. It says, celebrate God all day, every day. And then it says this, I mean revel in him. Revel. So then I looked up the word revel. This was fun. The word revel means this. It says to be noisy and loud, especially with dancing and drinking. So I thought, dang, Aunt Helen, we need to add some alcohol to the Sunday mornings. You know, just put some wine out. We can dance. I'm just kidding. We let's not do that. But revel in the Lord. Get loud. Don't you love that we come to church and we get loud and we celebrate and people feel free to jump up and down because God is good? That is good. We, uh, we should never um, get tired of that. And maybe some of you, that's not your worship style. That's fine. But I love the fact that for some people, Tox is always the man back there getting after it. Unashamedly. Reveling in the Lord. Here's how you face up to, this is how you head right into uh, not worrying. You celebrate. You rejoice. But then the key phrase, it says this. It says, not just rejoice in you, your circumstances. It says rejoice, what? In the Lord. You rejoice in the Lord. Three pictures of what it means to rejoice in the Lord. One is, uh, Paul uh, over and over uses this, this uh, phrase that we are in Christ, right? We are in Christ. So I, so I, so I, brought, so I, brought, I brought a little, little um, Russian doll this morning to help us get a picture of that. So what does it mean to be in Christ? Well, as you guys know, the doll has multiple dolls inside, right? You guys know that? This is an Egyptian-themed one. This belongs to my daughter, McKenna. I asked permission to use it. She said, okay. 
So imagine this is us, okay? What's inside of us, if you know and love Jesus, is the Holy Spirit who is in us, right? But then we are in Christ who surrounds us and goes before us and behind us and knows us and loves us. And we are then in the Father. We are in Christ. We celebrate our position in the Lord. Right? This is where we're at. Whatever comes your way in life has to go through the Father, has to go through the Son, and you are filled with the power of the Spirit to face it. Whatever comes your way, one of the reasons you do not need to fear is you are in Christ. And nothing comes your way that he doesn't know or allow. Nothing. Nothing. Another way that we rejoice in the Lord is we rejoice in who God is. And this is why we do it all the time, right? We look at and we go, God is eternal and he's powerful and he's loving And we sing the song all the time, he is a good, good father. We remember and we rejoice in the Lord over and over again. And this is why we sing on a Sunday morning. God is good. You see, the reason we struggle ultimately with worry goes back to the very first temptation we ever faced in Genesis 2. When the snake looked at Adam and Eve and they said, did God really say that? He's holding out on you. You can't really trust him. He actually doesn't have your best in mind at all. He thinks more about himself than he does you. And we've been struggling with that temptation ever since. Can I actually truly trust God with everything? Can I? And so we face that question by rejoicing in the Lord, by reminding ourselves and remembering who God is each and every day. He's our Father who loves us. He's eternal. He's powerful. All powerful. He knows the future. He's already been there. And then we rejoice in what He has done for us, right? That's the third thing we do. We rejoice in the Lord. What has the Lord done for us? Think about this. We were far from God, and he brought us near. We were lost, and he saved us. We were outside the family, and he adopted us, forgave us, and is with us, and has gifted us, and given us every every spiritual gift and everything that we need to do what he has called us to do all of it. He has given you all of it right now. Somebody gave me this picture one time. They said, you know, what we get from the Lord is a little bit like a laptop computer that has the full meal deal, right? It has the biggest hard drive and all the the programs on it, and all we do is play solitaire on it. Right? We just play card games, and this thing can do almost anything. 
And we're like, I'm just happy playing solitaire. And it's like, I have gifted you with everything you need. When we rejoice in the Lord, we remember that we are in Christ and nothing is coming our way except for what he lets us, what he allows, that he is good and that he has done good for us today and forever. And then following that, it says this. It says, don't be anxious, but, and I love that this is practical. This is real. He says, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, don't hold on to it. Don't try to control it. Hand it over. Go to God with your prayers, your petitions, your struggles, your fears, all the stuff that's on your mind, and go, here, I'm giving it to you. I'm not going to try to control it anymore. It's now yours. And by the way, this, this is one of the hardest things you can do. This is one of the hardest things. I'm giving up control. In other words, your will be done. Not mine. Your agenda, whatever you want to do. And this is the deep stuff, folks. This is when you go to the Lord and you say, here's what's really going on in my heart. I am scared. My friend, uh, I was talking to one of my best friends in the world this week, and he said his dad just got diagnosed with colon cancer. And uh, I said, well, how's your mom? And he said, she's scared to death because she doesn't want to be alone. And that's the stuff you go and you say to the Lord, I am scared to death because I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be out without my spouse that I've spent the past 50 years with. And that's the stuff that you lay at his feet. And you let go of it. You say, you have to do this, Lord. I can't fix it. You're the heart surgeon, not me. I trust you. With prayer and petition, with thanksgiving... Let your requests be made known to God. You hand over everything, whatever it is you're worried about. And then it says this. I love it. This is a powerful, powerful promise, right? It says this. And then the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding. We don't even understand it. We can't even wrap our heads around how amazing this peace is. If we will hand over, if we will rejoice in the Lord, we will hand over our worries, our fears, our, our insecurities, he will give a supernatural, only from God, peace. And then it says this, peace that guards your heart and your mind. You see what I'm saying? Stress wears on your heart and your mind. But this peace guards your heart and your mind. It does the opposite. That's why you don't. He doesn't want us to worry about anything, about anything. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. He doesn't want us wasting time worrying. It doesn't mean you don't care. You care passionately. You do your best in everything, right? You love with all of your heart. But worry is different. Worry is I want control. Worry is I need to fix it. 
And that's the stuff that we need to separate from caring and say, I hand that over. That's no longer on me. I'm giving that to the heart surgeon who can fix a heart, who knows what he's doing, not me. So here's the simple practical thing I want to do this morning. If you are worried, if you've got a burden, a hurt, a fear that's going on in you today, what we're going to do in just a moment, we're going to have our prayer team come up and anybody else who's, who's knows how to pray, <laughs> hopefully that's all of us. And if you want to be prayed for, if you want to pray with somebody, if you want to offload a burden, James tells us to share your burdens with one another that you might be healed, right? Offload. If there's something that you're just like, I don't know how to stop worrying. I don't know how to stop worrying about this. I'm scared to death about this. Take the time this morning. If you don't need to do that, just pray where you are for somebody. Maybe pray for, or pray the Lord, are there things, Lord, that I'm holding on to that I'm trying to control I need to let go? But if you want to get prayed for, we're going to invite you to come up this morning and get prayed for. And we're just going to pray. And here's what we're going to pray. Ready? That we would all get to the point where we were anxious for nothing. And that whatever it is that's on your mind and in your heart, you can hand it to the Lord today and not take it back. It's all His. Okay? So I'm going to pray, and then if you're on the prayer team, come up, and then if you want to be prayed for, find somebody, come up, and we're going to pray for a little bit. Okay? (sighs) Heavenly Father, we pray right now. Whoever is weary and heavy burdened, that you would give rest, that you would lighten the load. If anyone in this room right now has something that is, just feels overwhelming, feels like they have no idea how to not worry or stress about it, then I pray that we can love one another today, that we can support our brothers and sisters, that we can pray for one another for healing, that we can lay our burdens down. Got to pray that you would help us to be anxious for nothing every day. In Jesus' name, amen.